Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Unplugged. I'm your host, Jacob Puckett, and for this month, the theme I want you to think about is don't judge a book by its cover. And what I mean by that is we're talking about right away in this month's podcast episode, something that I know can fuel a ton of emotions, can make people feel a certain way about it, but we're going to break down some of those barriers this month with this month's guest, Zach Benfield. Zach Benfield is one of our contractors who helps oversee the right away program, the maintenance. Zach is a certified arborist. So he knows all the ins and outs of what goes on with the right away program. And he's going to explain what really goes on behind the scenes when we're clearing right away areas and helping maintain those lines. So buckle up for another episode. Zach, I guess the best way to start is just tell people what got you into the right away program at Blue Ridge. What makes you get up and want to do this every day? And what what's the best part of the job? Um, well, there's a lot to that question. Uh, <laughs> I guess what got me into it, I, I was actually going to school when uh, Roger Reed was running the right away program at the time and needed some help. So after school and whatnot, I would, uh, going to college down here, I would come and work for him uh, through a contractor and that kind of got me started out and learned the program and and the ins and outs uh, as I continued school I went and got my arborist certification and things of that nature and when I kind of slid into it and uh, worked full-time under Roger and as he retired I took over the program and I, I enjoyed it the entire time I really didn't know what I was going to school for and as I got into this I enjoyed it and thought well you know that outside a lot managing projects dealing with people um plus you have some actual hands-on hard work in there as well and when you mix all that together it's a job i enjoy and i guess if you don't if you somebody you've never met zach benfield before you're definitely an outdoorsman uh i know your family you are all outdoorsmen and you really enjoy your time outside in nature do you think that partly plays into why you love your job so much and why you love getting into right away 100 percent. i'm out and i get to see different areas of our well different places of our area system wide and and a lot of times I'll work with landowners and, and our members to better their right of way f- for wildlife. I mean, a lot of things we do, whether it be working with pollinator habitat, uh, deer, turkeys, what whatever's wildlife they have on their property, we tend to try to work with them to do the best we can for that wildlife. And that that's a big thing that, that I enjoy doing as part of this job. And something people don't realize, I guess, with being an arborist and being involved in a right-of-way program, I think on the outside when people see right-of-way, they think of this as something that, oh, they're destroying the environment or they're you know doing something that damages the environment, but it's, it, it's the opposite you're trying to do. You're trying to take care of the environment. You're trying to strike a balance of being responsible with the environment, but also keeping people safe and keeping land safe, right? A lot of people, like you said, is is under the mindset that, oh, we're just out here butchering trees and and causing hurt to things. And, and that's not the case at all, which from the outside looking in, if, if you didn't actually know the ins and outs, it, you might go look at a place and, and think that first thing, you know, uh, but that's not the case whatsoever. Um, we try to find a good balance with that. And and being an arborist, you, you don't want to go 
just cut trees down and make things unhealthy. Like when we trim trees, I want to do them to the best that that tree can grow back, but grow back in a safe manner that it's not going to conduct electricity, get somebody hurt or knock the power out. We want to stay away from that, but at the same time, we want the plants and everything to be as healthy as we possibly can as we're doing the work. If you really dive into it, which we might go down that rabbit hole later, I don't know how long this podcast is, but... Uh, hey, as long as, you want it to, as long as you want it to be, we can go, yeah. Um, as you go into that, you know, before, looking way back before uh, humans started getting in and cultivating land and stuff, there was actually a lot more open grassland and open areas than, than people may realize. And if you really pay attention to it, where you see not only because of visual, because you can see further, but you see a lot of animals using road banks, gas line right and power line right along with clear cuts and things like that, which we're not doing clear cuts, but because there's so much more food and, and natural things that's growing back for the animals to eat, cover, um, that's a big thing that's that you just don't have on old growth forest. So at the surface, I mean, like we said from the outside, we've addressed that people could see that as, you know, destroying the environment. But in reality, the flip side of that is it's doing a lot for the wildlife and a lot for the areas. It's it's a mutual benefit really for keeping people safe and keeping the forest safe uh, from things like wildfires and large scale outages and in danger in that way, but also giving the wildlife places to move and places to eat and graze and things like that. So there really is a two sided benefit to that. There is, there is. And, and no mistake about it. Our, our first and foremost is to make sure everything's safe for people, whether it be landowners or linemen out there working, things like that. And, that that is our number one concern as as we go through that then we filter these other things in to try to help so so before we had a lot of houses and and towns and things like that um lightning or whatever it may be would start a fire and burn acres and acres and acres well what that does uh, nature standpoint is regenerates new growth which is what wildlife need you can't have forest fires around here now I mean, that's impossible without burning houses and things up. So when you go through and cut a right away, everything's first successional growth, which is probably a thousand to one more uh, availability of food to animals when that stuff starts sprouting up with new growth, uh, which is what Mother Nature intended forest fires to be. Originally, you can't have that now. So the best thing you can have in replace of that is to go through and and clear out an area and let first successional growth come back through. So it's a nice give and a take. And I know another thing that's kind of a give and take example, and this has been everywhere. I remember like a year ago, there was a viral video. I think it went up on Facebook or Twitter. I can't remember where exactly it went up, but of a co-op, I think in Minnesota or somewhere in the upper Midwest using the helicopter trimming. And I, I actually... Disclaimer, I was a little jealous of that because we had an awesome video. We went out there and shot. And if you haven't seen it, it's on our YouTube page. Go to look, search Blue Ridge Energy. You'll find it. It's right away trimming with a helicopter. So where does the helicopter come in? How does that mix into the fold here? And why is that a benefit, not only to you guys to help make the job a little safer and easier, but also make it, I guess, better for the environment too? All right. So... It definitely makes it safer and easier for our guys on the ground. You don't have to climb all the trees, fly through the helicopter and trim them. 
you're getting a lot of limbs up tall that's hanging out over the lines that's really, really tough to get to without the helicopter or impossible one of the two. Especially uh, in our terrain. For sure. Without a doubt. And uh, But that twofold on that is that it's getting limbs out from over the line that's too tall to reach. But also it's letting sunlight down into that right away that could be canopied over. Now you got sunlight down in there and you're having a lot of pollinator habitat the first couple of years come back. Um, you get a lot of sunlight to the earth that that's sprouting new, uh, you know, natural grasses and whatnot out. Um, that really helps that. And two, we've got a lot of, in the mountain areas, of one particular, we've got a giant section of line that goes to a, a natural bog area. And you've got endangered turtles and frogs and whatever else that lives in that. Because you don't have a lot of those anymore, though we used to have more we have to protect those. You can't get any kind of equipment in there to it. And if you did, you're going to be damaged in that bog area. The helicopter, you you don't have anything on the ground. So that's a big, big thing on that. You don't have tracks, ruts, erosion. He's flying through. It's loud, but, you know, it's uh, it's very quick and over with, and, and you're really preserving a lot of that ground. And for the people who are listening to this and maybe they haven't seen the helicopter in action, what exactly goes into all that? I guess let's just summarize the components and what we're talking about here. We're really talking about a helicopter that has basically a swing saw of sorts uh, below it where there's a, the helicopter pilot is a spotter and he's watching the lines and is carefully trimming the trees around those lines. Am I summarizing that pretty well? That's Yeah, that's accurate. Uh, it's, uh, you know, he's got 90 foot section of pole that's connected to nine 24 inch saw blades circle saw blades uh as he flies down through there and and just you know trimming the trees that's along the edge and we, we also have you know three to four spotters on the ground that's going ahead staying on each side of him making sure everything's safe and i know the helicopter helps out a lot it's definitely a benefit particularly in this area but what are some of the challenges you guys face? We probably live in one of the most mountainous areas, at least on the East Coast, or serve one of the most mountainous areas on the East Coast. What are some of the day-to-day challenges right-of-way crews have to face and arborists have to face if you're a co-op working in an area like ours? You know, you, of course, you've got weather and the terrain, uh, which always make it tough. A lot of areas you can use bush hogs and mow right-of-ways here, especially as you get into Watauga and Ash County's all hand-cut when you go through cut underbrush. Then, you know, you weather. Um, but a, a big balance that we have to maintain is the beauty of our mountains, taking care of that, working with landowners, but yet still yet having the reliability and safety that we need for our power lines. That's a that's a big balancing point that we have to we have to find. And not to keep harping on the helicopter, but I guess a big part of the helicopter too in this area is it is not easy to get into some of these areas. I don't think people, I've been with you guys on a couple of these trips and I don't think people realize just how difficult it is to even think about getting guys back there uh, with saws in their hands and uh, climbing and, and trying to make that happen. How would you describe some of the land and topography that we have to face on a day-to-day basis with right-of-way trimming in our area? There's some that's extremely, extremely hard to get to. Um, you may have... There, there's a few lines in particular I know of that we have to take. Say you have 10 guys going in to do underbrush and climbing. Uh, you might have six guys that's carrying saws, chaps, climbing gear. You have four guys that's carrying nothing but bar oil and, and fuel for the saws because 
you're going to get so far and so steep, nobody wants to climb back out or back up to get back to the truck to fill up a saw. And you're going to go through, you know, probably three tanks of saw gas in that section of line. And you'll park a truck on one end and park a truck on the other and have guys that's dedicated to carrying fuel and oil. I mean, that's that's a real thing. We've got some very remote, rough terrain that, that we have power lines in. And what goes into the decision-making process to decide, hey, this area is going to be trimmed with a helicopter, or hey, we're going to do this area by hand? Pretty well the terrain and, and the um, the remoteness. So if, you, if you've got, take an area like Blowing Rock, you're not going to put a helicopter anywhere in there. There's way too many houses and yeah, businesses. Yeah. Very, very congested. Uh, but you get out... In that same sense, you just get right out 221 going toward Linville. We're working that area right now with a helicopter. Um, it's a it's a lot more remote, a lot of work you can do through there. So that that's just pretty much it is is how congested an area is and um, and what you can get. Because we try not to get within 200 foot of a house. Certain areas, you're not going to have any line you can cut. And still yet, we trim all of our transmission lines with a helicopter now. And what goes in, I know the weather plays a huge factor. I mean, obviously, in inclement weather, you, you can't fly a helicopter and do any of the things we're talking about. But there's a temperature uh, factor that also plays into that that kind of helps determine what areas are going to get cut when. If you get up toward, you know, the 4,000-foot elevation range, he's not going to be able to fly that helicopter if it's above, say, 75 degrees. Um, the helicopter uh-huh. will fly just fine, but to work it with the amount of power you have to work it to carry that saw and, and hover and do the trimming, he's not going to be able to do that. So you have to, as your warmer days go, you have to find a lower elevation to work at as the, as it heats up. Um, you can't just, you just can't do the, the high elevations. And generally we try to plan a lot of our work in the fall, whether it be mid September through right now um, with our helicopter work, which is, is tough sometimes in the mountains because you got a lot of people that want to come up and look at the leaves at, at that same time. But that's our best time frame as far as dry weather and temperature range to do our mountain work. Uh, so well, that's a balancing act as well. Though this year with all the hurricanes pushing through the Gulf, we've had a lot of rain. So it's, it's the latest on that. Zach, one thing I want to touch on before we end this podcast or wrap this episode up is our voucher program. Do you want to explain that a little bit to people uh, as far as what they can, you know, utilize that for? Yeah. So what that is, is it's not necessarily for a tree that's outside of our right away that we have to trim, but a tree that's growing under our lines and we have to trim that tree and round it over every three to five years, somewhere in there because, the you know, it's a grows too fast. We offer a voucher program to, if we can remove that tree, just cut the tree down, we'll buy the landowner a tree to replace that with that's a good species of tree for that location, whether it be, say it's a dogwood, redbud, um, anything like that, that's not going to, anything that's going to max out around 12, 15 feet. That's great for us because we don't have to trim it. We don't have to worry about outages or a kid getting into the tree when the tree grows into the line, anything like that. And the landowner doesn't have to worry about us having to pull into the yard every three years and trim the top out of their tree. So it's it's kind of a, a win-win, a win-win yeah. if, it's, if it's done. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast and you are still listening, 
please hit the subscribe button on the podcast if you haven't already. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, any of those podcasting platforms, hit subscribe because if you're at this point in the podcast, maybe you enjoyed it enough to listen again. And that'll make it all that much easier to listen in the future if you just hit subscribe. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. And until next month, I'm your host, Jacob Puckett.